every situation is different. Every property is different. So it's important that you have a broker on your team that you can send that deal to that can analyze it, underwrite it for you and say, hey, this is where the terms are going to shake out and give you some advice because your financing will change your returns. Are you ready to change your life? Welcome to the Multifamily Investor Ladies Podcast, sponsored by Freedom Capital Investments and Berkwood Capital. Your hosts, Linda Brooks and Lisa Hill, are two dynamic multifamily investor syndicators who combined have more than 400 doors in their portfolio and growing. Join them on their journey as they show you it's never too late to get started in multifamily real estate investing. And they'll show you how to do it successfully as a passive investor. And now, here are your hosts, Linda and Lisa. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Multifamily Investor Ladies Podcast. I'm Linda Brooks, your host, along with my co-host, Lisa Hill, and we're so glad you've tuned in today. Our mission is to acquire, syndicate, and invest in large family, multifamily apartment buildings in the Mid-Atlantic and Southeast. So Linda and I, I don't know if you knew this, listeners, but Linda and I actually have separate companies. I'm the managing director at Berkwood Capital, and Linda is the principal at Freedom Capital Investments, and together... We are the multifamily investor ladies. That's right. We are what's called active investors, and we're here to take you with us on our journey as we actively invest in large multifamily apartment complexes. But you know what? You can invest as well without having to do all the legwork, and you can do it as a passive investor. We're here to show you how and to educate you on how to do just that. Mm-hmm. Our guest today is a great educator. She has 20 years of experience in the commercial real estate world. She's the principal of Reno Capital Management out of Big D, Dallas, Texas. It's a boutique brokerage firm that has over $1 billion in funded transactions. Both Linda and I have heard her speak before. We are excited to have her share her knowledge with you. Welcome to the podcast, Brandy Shotwell. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly a pleasure and an honor to be here. Thank you. Well, Brandy, it's an honor to have you. So thank you. So first question for you, Brandy. Can you tell our audience a little bit about you and then tell them also exactly what is a commercial brokerage firm and how did you get started in that space? Oh, wow. (laughs) So I've actually been I've only been on the commercial side for six years. I've been in finance for over 20 and I started on the single family side. I got started with my then boyfriend, now husband, (laughs) was investing in single family real estate. And I liked the mortgage broker that we were working with. And she was just amazing. And she was like, hey, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to train you. And she kind of took me under her wing. She placed me at the same mortgage company that she was working with. And it was just great. And so I started doing mortgages while, while I was in college. And I started as a loan officer. And then it just progressed. And here we are. (laughs) Lots of years later. Nice. Very nice. And so tell us what exactly is a commercial brokerage firm? So a commercial mortgage firm acts as an intermediary between the client and the lender. And what we do is we find debt to fit that particular property. And we find the best debt that fits that property. So that's why, you know, a broker 
is key, in my opinion, right? I may be biased, but if you're working with, you know, one bank, they have, you know, their own programs and you have to, that property has to fit into their program, you know? So it's kind of like fitting a round peg in a square hole or however that saying goes, right? So when you're working with a broker, the broker can take that property and say, okay, I know, you know, five or 10 lenders that this property would fit perfect with. So let me present this property to them and see what kind of terms we can get. And that way you can ensure that you're going to get the best deal because you're shopping it around. It's, it's like anything. You shop around for a car and you shop around for, you know, a contractor to come paint your home. It's the same type of situation where why wouldn't you shop around when it came to terms, you know, and that's what the broker will do for you. They will shop that deal around for you to make sure that you get the best deal. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's a commercial mortgage firm, not a commercial brokerage firm. Exactly. Commercial mortgage firm. Okay. So you mentioned debt and there's all kinds of debt, right? In terms of Fannie and Freddie, there are bridge loans. You do retail if you have you need a special circumstance for retail versus student housing versus commercial, right? So I guess it's hard to say in a nutshell, but there are different avenues that each investor can take, right? So should we know ahead of time which avenue to take or can we contact you initially to say, I've got this property, Brandy, what avenue should I take? Exactly. So I always tell my client, reach out to me before you submit your LOI. That is very important because you may, you know, you may analyze your deal and you may say, okay, I think this is about where the terms will shake out, but you really don't know because you're looking at it from an investment standpoint and I'm looking at it from a financing standpoint. So if you get me involved in the beginning, before you submit your LOI, I can underwrite the deal for you and I can say, hey, this is where the terms are going to shake out. So we need to make sure that the T12 has this on it and I need you to ask the broker what that means. Or, hey, I did a crime search on the property and read the Google reviews and it looks like we may have some issues that we'll need to address. So even though this property is stabilized, we may need to do a short-term fund a funding situation and not a long-term funding situation. So, you know, you can't always assume that just because the property is stabilized. And when I say stabilized, that means over 90% occupied for 90 days that we'll be able just to do a permanent financing on that property. Sometimes you get a property that's stabilized and the financials are a mess. That's not something that we'll be able to get permanent financing on until those financials are cleaned up. So there, are, every situation is different. Every property is different. So it's important that you have a broker on your team that you can send that deal to that can analyze it, underwrite it for you and say, hey, this is where the terms are going to shake out and give you some advice because your financing will change your returns. So you want to make sure that that's addressed up front. Absolutely. I was going to say, that's probably the biggest mistake a new investor, a new active investor or passive investor makes, right? Is not underwriting it properly, not contacting you first and coming to you too late. And so you've got to try to fix the mistakes or... Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
If we look at that, as you mentioned, from a passive investor perspective, what types of questions in light of what you just shared, do you think the new or experienced passive investors should be asking with regard to financing as it's considered in the underwriting? Good question. So the one thing that you want to ask is what is the debt structure? And you want to make sure that general partner, KP, the lead on that deal has already secured financing. And if they haven't secured financing, if it's not final yet, because that does happen a lot more than not, then you want to ask, well, what is your worst case scenario? If you're working on assumptions, what is your worst case scenario, right? If you've already got debt secured, then could anything change that could change the returns, the projected returns later, you know, later on down the road? You also want to find out about the type of loan it is. Is it a short-term loan? Is it a permanent loan? Because if it's a short-term loan and you've got floating rates that are involved, is there a cap on those rates? If the rate jumps up, you know, how will it affect the projected returns? If it's a short-term loan and you have to refinance out of the loan and into a permanent loan, what assumptions are you making for the permanent loan in the future down the road. So in two years or three years, what type of assumptions are you making? And that's really some of the key questions that you want to ask because you want to know if this is not a permanent financing, how will it change the returns? If you don't have a term secured, how can it change down the road? right? If the rate is floating and it's not a fixed rate, how can it negatively impact the returns? So as a passive investor, those are some things that you want to know and you want to ask. I want to ask you something. We don't have to dive into this, but you mentioned you want to know the future and all that. And I was thinking, we've got a new administration in the White House and people are a little bit nervous now that uh, moratorium on evictions is in place through early fall. In your Educated opinion, Brandy, how will this impact the commercial investor? So it depends, right? That's a good question for your passive investor listeners, because it is very important to invest with a general partner that does not aggressively underwrite. So this is why it's important for you as a passive investor to make sure that you trust that general partner, right? But also that you underwrite that deal yourself, that you analyze that deal yourself and make sure that it makes sense to you. I have seen a lot of GPs underwrite too aggressively, right? Mm -hmm. And so if they experience a loss in income, a decrease in occupancy, you know, some of them cannot go under 85% occupancy before they're tapping into their reserves. And that should never be the case. So you never want to have to make a call, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So in my opinion, is that the investors who were very conservative in their projections and very conservative in their analysis going into the deal, they will be able to sustain. But I think there will definitely be opportunities for other GPs that are conservative in their approach. There will be very good opportunities to come about within the next year because they will not be able to hold those properties. You know, the GPs that underwrote too aggressively will not be able to sustain and hold those properties through this moratorium. They won't be able to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It does not pencil out. So that is very important is that you, you know, not you per se, but your listeners, they analyze the deal themselves and they make sure that if they're invested in that deal, that that GP is not being too aggressive in their projections and in their analysis and that they're stress testing their analysis. Like, okay, if the property dropped to 80% 80% occupancy, what happens? Or if collections drop to, you know, XYZ, what happens? That's very important. Excellent information. Yes. Well, Brandy, you have given us and our listeners a ton of information to consider and uh, a ton of information to take action on when considering multifamily real estate investing. As we prepare to close, what is the number one tip that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Oh, so the number one tip that I usually have, and I'm, <laughs> I think I'm going to stick with this, is, you know, multifamily is a team sport. So it's very important for you to choose your team carefully, choose your broker carefully, choose your, your legal counsel carefully, but choose your partners carefully. Whether you're a passive investor or you're an active investor, you have to choose your partnerships carefully. And I think you all understand that because you've done a great job with partnering with one another. You chose someone who you can trust, who you have synergy with, and you have the same goals. So that is the biggest piece of advice that I can give is, you know, make sure you have good partnerships. It's a team sport and having people that you can trust in your corner that you can invest with is 100%. It's important. Is indeed outstanding advice. May I just co-sign in terms of the partnerships that we've chosen, including the broker, wink, wink, the mortgage broker, (laughs) wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Thank you, ladies. Real quick, real quick, Brandy. Do you take a percentage of the deal or are you a flat rate? How do you determine your particular part of the deal? So let's put it that way. Yeah. So my fee is 1% of the loan amount and I do not get paid until closing. So there are no upfront fees There, you know, nothing Mm -hmm. like that. It's a 1%, which is pretty much the average, and I get paid at closing. So I do a lot of work up until the end. You do. <laughs> I earn that fee when it's finally paid. <laughs> right? It's true. I remember yes. you walking through all the details. I mean, you, there are a myriad new investors. There are a myriad of steps that you have to go through. And Brandy covers it all from A to Z and then some. So she's definitely <laughs> a big asset in your uh, team sport of this business. So, but thank you, Brandy. Where can our listeners get in contact with you? So you can go to my website at renocm, R-E-N-O-C-M.com, and all my contact information is there. So phone number, email address, everything like that. So go to my website, visit my website, and I've actually got some very helpful information on there, resources for people just who have questions, you know, even even I have a section on there for definitions, because I think that's another thing that when you're new into the business, it really throws you off. <laughs> so true. So true. yeah, I saw it. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes, visit my website at renocm.com. And you can find all my information there. And of course, we'll have Brandy's information on our podcast website as well. So Brandy Shotwell of Rito Capital Management, thank you so very much for spending time with us today. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed myself. Good, good. We enjoyed having you and learned a lot. 
Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. And to show our appreciation, we'd like to offer a special gift. Be the first person to contact us through our website at multifamilyinvestorladies.com. And we'll be sure to send you a free book to help you take your passive investing to the next level. If you enjoyed this episode, which Linda and I certainly did, please take yeah, a second. No. Just leave us a five-star rating right there on your favorite listening platform. And if you like what you hear on the show and find it helpful and want to learn more, go ahead and hit subscribe. Thanks again for listening. Remember, it is never too late to start passive investing in real estate with the Multifamily Investor Ladies. Thanks a mil for listening. For more information about today's episode, learn more about passive multifamily real estate investing, or to reach Linda or Lisa directly, visit us on the web at multifamilyinvestorladies.com. Thanks a mill for joining the Multifamily Investor Ladies podcast, sponsored by Berkwood Capital and Freedom Capital Investments. Your hosts, Lisa Hill and Linda Brooks, remind you it's never too late to get started on your multifamily real estate investing journey. And they'll show how to do it successfully as a passive investor. We'll see you next time. Thank you.